Now, you kind of have a tendency whenever you hear something like horrific or awful to go, nice. <laughs> I'm going to ask you <laughs> to try to repress that urge as much as you can. Because <laughs> this is a pretty gnarly story. Two did last week. Thank you. Welcome back. If you're new this week, welcome. This is Geographic. My name's Alexis. I'm joined today by my best friend. Hi. This is my best friend Aria. Hi. <laughs> I tuned in last week. You did. Well, I tuned this in week. this morning. Yeah. Yeah, because that's when the episode came out. Which, <laughs> sorry, it was literally two and a half hours long. Anyway, before getting into the story, there is a little bit of nature news. That did occur, and it's not good nature news, unfortunately. There was a fatal dog attack in San Antonio, Texas this past week. Um, An 81-year-old man named uh, Ramon Najera was killed. His 74-year-old wife, uh, Juanita, she's in critical condition, last I heard. And a relative who was with them was also bitten, but they seem to have received medical care. So were some responding firefighters. They were also bitten. They've all received medical care. The three dogs involved all happened to be American Staffordshire Terriers, a.k.a. Pitbulls. They were all euthanized over the weekend because of this incident. I think only two of them were actually part of it, but one of them was in the residence when it happened, so they kind of got lumped in with it. Uh, their piece-of-shit owner, 31-year-old Christian Alexander Moreno, has apparently had numerous incidents related to these dogs prior to this one, including a few previous bite cases and San Antonio Animal Care Services being called to the residents in the past for reports of neglect, animal aggression, and loose animals. Thankfully, he is facing charges of attack by dog resulting in death and injury to an elderly person, which are both felony charges. I read that some puppies were also removed from the residents, so hopefully they can receive whatever care and love they will definitely be needing. And this guy will never own dogs or any animal again. Boo. Boo. I'm also going to plug an Instagram account. It's called Passion for Pities. Go follow it. Oh my god. They're a San Diego group. Yeah, you showed them to me. Oh yeah, wait, I did. You did. (laughs) (laughs) But they're a pit bull rescue. (laughs) They're a pit bull rescue located in San Diego. And they focus on finding foster homes for pit bulls and getting them adopted out. On a lighter note, Cocaine Bear came out this last week, <laughs> and I saw it on Sunday, and it was incredible. Was and it about a bear and if, cocaine? Yep, it literally is. It's just a movie that knows that it's stupid, but it has fun with it, which like I really Sharknado. loved. How much? Exactly. I mean, this isn't really the topic, but like, how much cocaine does a bear need to have before he gets into like cocaine bear territory? Uh, was it a lot? It was a lot. In it the movie, it ate like 10 pounds of cocaine. That's a lot. <laughs> So yeah, that came out. I saw it. It was awesome, which also serves as a perfect segue into today's story. (laughs) So I teased a bear episode last week, and this week I'm delivering. I'm going to tell you a story that occurred in early December 1915. Was that during the war? It was. Was it? Where's the war? (laughs) Let me think about the war real quick. (laughs) 
I think it was. I think World War One was nineteen twelve. Twelve to ni- or nineteen fourteen. We're not history majors. No, she's a nature enthusiast. I'm I a am. local social worker. <laughs> we know nothing about history. I forgot everything about World War One except Archduke Franz Ferdinand. Archduke Franz Ferdinand got shot, <laughs> and it's all his fault. Anyway. <laughs> This incident takes place in early December 1915 in Hokkaido, Japan. A little village called uh, Sankabetsu was terrorized by an Usuri brown bear that claimed the lives of seven people before being hunted down and finally killed. Today, this incident still stands as the worst bear attack in Japanese history. I mean, how many bears are there in Japan? I feel like there's not a lot. Surprisingly, there's a lot. I'm going to tell you right now. This incident is also known as the uh, Sankabetsu brown bear incident, the Rokusensawa bear attack, or the Tamame brown bear incident. So let's talk about our star today. Mm. You, but... Oh, ooh. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I mean, you are a star to me, always. Anyway, our star of the show is the Usuri brown bear, also known as Ursus arctos lasiotis. Ursus arctos just refers to brown bears in general. It comes from the Latin word ursus, which means bear, and the Greek word arctos, which means bear. Bear bear? Bear bear. <laughs> what the? <laughs> bear bear? That's the best they can do? Well, the Western lowland gorilla, their, sign, their taxonomic name is gorilla, gorilla, gorilla. <laughs> so creative. These guys are also known as the Ezo brown bear, the black grizzly bear, or the Amur brown bear. Most upsetting of all these, I've seen them also nicknamed the horse bear. Horse bear? Horse bear. Do they have like a horse face? No. But thank you so much for that (laughs) awful image. It's called a horse bear because apparently it has tall legs. Okay, worse. 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 I would (laughs) rather have a long legs. I would rather have a horse face bear (laughs) than a bear with super long legs. That's just a moose. Like an awful would you rather question. Would you rather be killed by a bear with a horse face? Or a bear with horse legs? (laughs) Uh, These guys are one of eight extant species of the family Ursidae, which are bears. These include polar bears, Andean or spectacled bears, sloth bears, giant pandas, sun bears, American black bears, Asiatic black bears, and brown bears. I'm going to let you know the word bear is not going to sound like a word anymore by the end of this. Oh, I'll just bear with you oh my god (laughs) i should have known i really should have expected it (laughs) i mean it's the bare minimum right oh my god you know what never mind i don't want you as tonight's (laughs) guest this species is physically similar to the kamchatka brown bear which means nothing to me (laughs) but they're also (laughs) very similar to the north american grizzly which we do know which means something to you? Yes. I've seen a grizzly bear. I have not seen the Kamchatka brown bear, unfortunately. Hopefully one day. I just from a very far look distance. Like a bear. All bears look the same. That is not true. They're all the same. That's not true. Bears are bears. They're furry, they're big, they have faces. Okay, but claws. <laughs> a bear is a bear is a bear is a bear. Is a bear. <laughs> but in terms of appearance, like all brown bears, they have a very distinctive shoulder hump. I see some people also call it a mane. They've got short rounded ears, big wide paws uh, with long shearing claws at the end of them, and thick fur that can be deep brown to almost black in color. 
Surrey brown bears tend to be on the darker side in terms of fur color. They're also one of the largest brown bear species, which follows a scientific concept called Bergman's Rule. Basically, it explains that animals in colder climates grow larger than animals in warmer climates. Because when you're bigger, you retain more heat, you lose heat slower. When you're smaller, you retain less heat and lose heat faster. That's why there's not a whole lot of like really big desert. You've never heard of a desert bear, is what I'm trying to say. There's not a lot of really large desert animals. I don't know. Camels are kind of big. Shit. <laughs> I didn't think about camels. <laughs> Bro, have you never watched Animal Planet in like science class? I watched The Mummy. In in science class? Yeah. The heck was that for? <laughs> for like researching the bug scene in The Mummy. All that being said, these guys are pretty, pretty big. Some of the larger individuals can rival the size of Kodiak bears, which is the largest subspecies of brown bear. The next couple of stats I'm going to give you are just general brown bear info. It was kind of hard to find like cohesive Usuri brown bear info. There was a lot of conflicting sources. So if you could, if you could imagine a bear with the uh, specifications I'm about to describe, the Usuri brown bear will fall somewhere in there. Okay, I'm closing my eyes right now. Okay. I'm ready. Picture a bear. Bear. Like I said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they can weigh anywhere between 80 to 600 kilograms. What's that in pounds? That's 176 to over 1,300 pounds. That is a really big difference. Yeah, that's why <laughs> I was... I'm, I'm sorry. You said either a, like a human or like... I don't even know what the bigger side of that would be compared to... <laughs> But basically a human-sized bear. Yeah. To, like, a bigger human-sized bear. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Like, think of, like, a human to, like, a Toyota Yaris. I don't know what... You always say Toyota Yaris. Because it's the funniest car to me. I don't even know what that car looks like. Can you say, like, a Jeep or something? Okay, sure. Think of, like, a human to a sports sedan. That's a really big bear. Yeah. A Hyundai Elantra bear? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Jesus. You should be a scientist and name the next bear that they find that. The Hyundai Elantra bear? <laughs> Hyundaius Elantris. <laughs> versus Arctis Hala- Bear Bear Hyundai Elantra. Mm. Uh, they can also stand between 0.9 and 1.5 meters, which is three to five feet tall. That's not that bad. At the shoulder. Ooh. They're capable of reaching heights of up to three meters on their hind legs. Which is over nine feet tall. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You said when they're on all fours, yes. five feet. Yes. When they stand? Over nine feet tall. Over nine. We're both. You're five, five, five three. Two. I'm like five, two, five, three. Five, two and a half. I'm five, four. Us standing, the spare is about at our, at our noses. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Big bear. Big boy. That's actually a really big bear. I need a big boy. It's cuffing season. <laughs> they are a species that displays sexual dimorphism, which I mentioned last episode and literally did not explain at all. So I'm going to do it right now. <laughs> sexual dimorphism refers to a uh, it refers to a biological concept of uh, male and female members of a species having distinct physical characteristics. In the case of bears, males are much larger than females, significantly larger. Ugh gross <laughs> i know 
patriarchy. I thought bears were a matriarchy. They're not. Well, what? not really. Oh. So they're actually mostly solitary, oh, except so when mating or with cubs. And a cub will stay with its mother for the first about two to four years of its life. Uh, these guys are mostly crepuscular and nocturnal. You heard the word crepuscular before? Crepuscular. Mm-hmm. Okay. Something about muscles, round muscles. That's what I'm... Cur- mus- muscular. Muscular is like muscles. Good guess. <laughs> no, it's not right. Not round muscles? No. Oh, okay. So, so there's diurnal, nocturnal, and crepuscular. Oh, oh, they're sleep. Not quite. (laughs) I like your enthusiasm, though. (laughs) Sorry. Diurnal obviously refers to creatures that are active during the day. Mm -hmm. Nocturnal is animals that are active at night. Mm -hmm. Crepuscular are those who are active at dawn and dusk. Oh. Coyotes are crepuscular. Oh. Yeah, I totally knew that. (laughs) Totally knew that. They have a life expectancy between 20 to 30 years in the wild, but they may live longer, uh... They can live up to 50 years in captivity. Oh. Yeah. Wait, who just has these bears in captivity? I've you never know, seen them at the San Diego Zoo. That's a good question. <laughs> like, how do they know this? There was, I did find a story about um, four Azuri brown bears that were rescued from a, um, a zoo that was keeping them in not great conditions in Hokkaido. And they ended up moving to a zoo in the UK, I think. Mm. So they, they have them. Their habitat range includes... Their habitat range includes <laughs> their habitat range includes parts of northeast China, uh, far southeast regions of Russia and Siberia, parts of the Korean Peninsula, and the northern Japanese island of Hokkaido, where there actually exists five distinct regional populations of Usuri brown bears. Wait, how did they get from like a continent to a country, like? Japan is isolated. It's an island. It is. How did they come from Russia and China to Japan? Though it wasn't always an island. Plate tectonics. You know, someone, I tried telling somebody this story today, and they're like, you know about Panjima? I was like, Panjima? (laughs) Panjima. Bitch don't know about Panjima. This bitch don't know about Panjima. God. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Panjima. Sorry. (laughs) Anyway. Within these habitat ranges, they're found primarily in forests, mountainous areas, and sometimes coastal regions. Their diet, they are, like all bears, omnivorous. But this particular species, uh, they tend to prefer a more herbivorous diet, actually. So they will mostly eat nuts, berries, mushrooms, bark, roots. They are capable of hunting, however... And when it gets closer to the time for them to hibernate, when they really have to stock up on calories and build their fat reserves, they'll tend to go for prey items more often. Mm. So they'll hunt for fish. They'll forage for larvae, insects. They'll kill basically any mammal smaller than them. And they will sometimes poach off of carrion from other predators like wolves and Siberian tigers. It's kind of like a 180. How do you go from berries and cream to like... (laughs) larvae to like mm, big creatures <laughs> yum like that's like going from like a small meal you know like eating small snacks and then eating like five pieces they've like, got a very diet how do you do that i don't know how do their oh, their stomachs they've got it's a like very my stomach hurt <laughs> they're definitely not raising chicken tenders kids no I'll tell you no that. they are not there <laughs> they have variety in their diet they're like a kid's <laughs> cuisine kid 
Um, speaking of Siberian tigers, they're also apparently sometimes targeted as prey by Siberian tigers, which is one of the most metal things I've ever heard. <laughs> a giant bear and a giant tiger fighting to the death in Siberia. Kind of scary. Continue. <laughs> Moving Go on. Ahead. They do hibernate in burrows during the winter months, which can be like mid to late November to mid-March, early April-ish. Mating and feeding to build fat reserves occurs in these warmer months of spring and summer. I'm about to do something gross. Oh. Uh. I'm getting progressively more worried about the audio. (laughs) So (laughs) hopefully it sounds okay. Um... For those listening, she proceeded to take a... I just spat out my cough drop. You didn't spit it out. I, you s- s- I went like a you cowboy. You slowly plucked a- it from your lips. And it's like small. It's maybe like a third of the size. She could have just crushed it in her mouth. She could have just chewed it. I didn't. This isn't an ASMR podcast. I just stepped away from the mic really quick and just like... <laughs> so you posited a question earlier, which I is... Did. How many bears are there in Japan? <laughs> How many bears could there possibly be in Japan? For real, it doesn't feel like a very berry area. There's a decent amount of bears. Like a like very much? I Oh my god. Bears are so prevalent in Japan that they do actually have uh distinct niches within Japanese mythology. There is a uh an ethnic and cultural group that inhabit inhabited Hokkaido and I think that they do still um, I think that they are still around today their practices have endured but archaeological evidence places the Ainu within Hokkaido as far back as the late 14th early 15th century they held the belief that their gods would visit the human realm in the forms of animals their bear god was particularly (laughs) revered why are you laughing what's funny about bear god (laughs) They refer to their uh, pantheon as kamui, which can also actually just mean bear. So that kind of gives you some idea of how important bears were. So bears played a central role within the Ainu culture uh, in terms of subsistence, ritualism, spiritualism. Bears were at the center of all these things. They also practiced something called iomante. I think that's how you say it. Iomante. Iomante. Uh, which is a sacred and pretty intricate ceremony that involved the ritual killing of a young brown bear. Oh. In, I know. Uh, it's a little sad. But basically, they would kidnap a bear cub huh? from its den. Huh? And their mom didn't kill them? Well, they probably... Mom. I guess, like, that's the risk of, like, Mom spirituality. I suppose. They're like, <laughs> if you survive this bear-stealing event... You've been touched by God. Oh, shit. Um, but they would hunt bears, so maybe they did hunt mothers within their dens and then steal their cubs. But so one way or another, they would get a hold of a bear cub, and they would raise it for about two years. Aw. Yeah. And then they had this big festival kind of thing where they would give it gifts. Aww. And then Oh. It. Yeah. Not, no. It. No. Now, this was not... Despite what it sounds like, this was not a sacrificial ritual. This was something that was considered a sending off ritual. They believed that uh, their deities. Oh, oh, I know what you're trying to say. Yeah, what? yeah, yeah, yeah. What am I saying? Oh, um, 
because you said the the gods are in the bears. Yeah. So they're basically like heaven skating it and like being taken out of their physical bodies to be in the celestial realm. Yeah. Pretty much, they would. Um, nice. They would kill Dude, the bear. I so knew Heaven's Gate would come, would come in handy one of these days. But yeah, it was a way to send the spirit back to the divine realm. Nice. Afterward, right, it's not that bad. Yeah. I mean, it is a baby bear. It but, is baby you know, bear that they're okay. eating. Also, they would. That's consume. not that bad. That's sustenance. That's true. Actually, it would be worse if they just killed it and that was it. And it's like a small town. Okay, yeah, that's not that bad. No, that's not bad. It. There's been worse. That's yeah. Yeah. This is not. This is like. This is nice. This deserves a nice. <laughs> this is nice. This is nice. I like this one. <laughs> there, they had another legend of something called a wenkamoi. This refers to a possessed bear. Ooh, I hate that. <laughs> they could be distinguished by uh, unusual coat patterns, so they'd have really distinct, uh, distinct fur. And a hunger for human flesh. How do they decide that the bear has hunger for human flesh? It it eats people. It eats human flesh. Well, how do they know? I thought this was like the, like a, oh, I guess he said this is the biggest bear attack. I guess there's been more bear attacks. Well, yeah, actually. Dude, Um, how are they just going to profile them on their fur? What if they're just like special? How are you going to generalize like that? How are you going to generalize and fucking profile the bears? So mess up. They're special. If anything, they should be looked at as like special, like super special gods. They should be. Because they're, they're like, well, this bear doesn't look like the other bears. This bear must be a special bear. <laughs> um, but this this creature is actually pretty in line with the bear I'm gonna talk about. They nicknamed this bear Kisagake because it had uh Kisagake refers to like a like a diagonal um the diagonal swipe of a sword down somebody's body nice. which it's awesome that they just have a word for that ready he had this like this shock of fur across going across him diagonally so they named him kisagake and as i'm gonna get into he did eat some people so eat or kill kill and eat keat keat so in the uh in the perspective of the ainu the bear that attacked Sankabetsu would be a wen kamui. In the broader Japanese mythology, there also exists something called an onikuma. These are one of the yokai, which are a pantheon of uh, supernatural beings that could be either benevolent or malicious. Yokai is also just kind of a general umbrella term for supernatural beings, spirits, demons, and also just like any unexplained phenomenon. So I saw stuff like ghost lights. People would describe that as yokai or having something to do with the yokai. The, it kind of reminds me, it sounds really similar to the jinn within Arabic culture um, because they also, it's a similar kind of idea of having a broad spectrum of different spirits who are both benevolent and not so benevolent. So that's kind of cool. The name Onikuma means demon bear. <laughs> You have a name for it? They, yep. <laughs> a bear becomes an onikuma by living for a really long time, and it become it grows massive in size and strength. Reportedly, they're able to move boulders and carry off horses like they're nothing. Okay. 
I know we said we weren't history majors, but I am going to give you a little bit of history right now. <laughs> just, just to set the scene, I'll make it exciting. Well, it's not going to be exciting. Well, no. It's going to be interesting. I'll say that. Your face got so lit up. I'm like, wow, history. Woohoo. I like The history. subject I got the most D's in. <laughs> I love history. But I, it's just important to set the scene. Background info. Background context. Context. Yes. context. 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 Context is key. So I'm just going to give you a little history of the, uh, of the locations that this takes place. I mentioned this happened in Hokkaido. That is Japan's largest and northernmost prefecture and the second largest island within the archipelago after the main island Honshu. Its capital city is Sapporo. It was known as Ezo. I think it's how you say it, Ezo, Ezo, I think it's Ezo, uh, until it was renamed by the Meiji government in 1869, and it was primarily inhabited by the Ainu. The word Ezo mm -hmm. was meant to evoke images of barbarism and savagery. I beg your pardon? Yeah, not cool. So they renamed it. Hokkaido means North Sea Route. They Hokkaido tea is like one of my favorite boba teas. Ooh, <laughs> what's in it? Tea. Okay. And milk. That's just tea, bro. I don't know. It has like a, a, a certain flavor to it. I hope you guys are all sipping on some Hokkaido boba tea from your local boba place. Mm. Uh, Hokkaido was viewed as a rugged and... <coughs> <laughs> this island was viewed as being a rugged and inhospitable land. It was very densely forested and had a pretty mountainous interior. So it wasn't super uh people weren't really going there on vacay you know one of the sources i read that talked uh that i got a lot of information from they they explain the transition from ezo to hokkaido and the shifting culture of like indigenous to imperial with probably one of the most insane sentences i've ever read they say quote the renaming, populating, reconstructing, damming, deforesting, and grading of Ezo's environs birthed Hokkaido, a compassable imperial prize only realized by strangling the older, darker twin from the womb. End, end quote. Uh, you know, that sounds like... I feel like the, the twin thing was too far. Doc, just say the thing's changed. The, it's too far. That is, that's too far to bring I, the twin thing in there. I kind of like, like it, though. Gripping him by the gris grasp, grizzly neck. Yeah, that's <laughs> a little much. Um, the village that these attacks were centered on, the full name I've seen is Sankabetsu Rokusensawa. A lot of places, just a lot of sources will just call it Sankabetsu, so that's what I'm going to say. But it was a small frontier outpost that was established as part of the Meiji government's efforts to settle and colonize this island. Kind of harkening back to what you said about how many bears could there be. <laughs> I really want to hammer home to you. There's a lot of bears in Japan. No way. Where did they all go? They're still there. No, like, but like, where? <laughs> They're out there. On Hokkaido, by 1957, there were over 400 instances of bears attacking humans that were documented on this island alone. Uh, 141 of these died. Another 300 or so were all injured. This, now I want to say this. Why are there so many bear attacks? 
I'm going to explain. Bears are not big, awful, horrible monsters who just go around munching on people. Bears are cute. Bears are cute. Haven't you seen We Bear Bears? <laughs> they are. We Bear Bears <laughs> rocks. But they're not these awful beasts that a lot of tales make them out to be. I think that this happened because... It, they were possessed. No. From the demon bear. Oh, shit. To me, this was likely caused by the increased human encroachment and destruction of their habitat. Because the timeline matches up. Hokkaido first started to be um, industrialized and brought into the imperial fold in the late 19th century. All these attacks occurred from then to the mid-20th century. So, so they're like reclaiming their land. Well, they tried to, at least. Pretty much, yeah. And this this is just something that happens. Um, humans and large predators do not mix. And it almost always ends badly for both parties most of the time. No. You're so dramatic. I know. I didn't mean, I didn't mean to say it like that. Now that you have that nice, cushy uh, background info, we can really dive into the incident. There's a lot of info. Yeah. A lot to digest. I hope that... It was interesting, at least. Yeah, it was. Oh, cool. I don't know if it was I trust you. more than the bear digested, but, you know, there's still lots to digest, but we digress. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you agreed to do this with me. <laughs> so this incident did not begin all at once. There were early signs that something was not right. Uh, in early November of 1915... Villagers of Sankobetsu did start to notice raids on their crop stores and livestock, which kind of tipped them off to a bear in the area that had not yet entered hibernation. This is very late in the game for a bear to not be sleeping. It wasn't super, they weren't super uh, concerned about it at first because, again, this is a very new village. It's in a very rural location. Raids and intrusions by wild animals was not at all uncommon. However, November 20th, 1915, their suspicions were confirmed because a massive Usuri brown bear was spotted outside, of, uh, outside the village near the Ikeda homestead. But it disappeared into the forest after stealing a bushel of harvested corn. That's it? <laughs> yeah. A big bear only stole a bushel. Wait, how much is a bushel of corn? I don't know. Like, what is a bushel? I'm assuming a lot for a bear to... Is it like a small bush? Or is it like one of Possibly. those rolls? You're asking the wrong person. You're right. Anyone who knows the exact serving size of a bushel, please let me know. I also want to... Is it like a year supply? I don't know. No. When I think of bushel, I just think of like a... Bush. Like a bundle. Oh. So the bear takes off with their corn. They're like, hey, that's not cool. So the head of the Ikeda family, he gathered a small hunting party... That included some men from the village. His son was among these men. And two, uh, what are called matagi. This, uh, these are members of an old hunter caste of subsistence bear hunters. So very luckily, they just happen to have bear hunters in this village. Are they like retired? Probably. Okay. That would make sense. Or maybe they have them there on purpose because they're like, we're in bear country. Bear country. They gather this little hunting party in the event that uh, the bear comes back, and it does come back. In late November of 1915, it shows up for a third time, 
And this time, it's actually shot by the hunting party. Oh, no way. It doesn't die. Oh. It's just wounded. And it retreats back into the wilds. The men attempt to track it, but they're forced to give up the search because of a a snowstorm that's rolling through. But they know it's wounded because they followed a blood trail all the way up to the, I think it's the Onishika Mountains. So they know they got it. And they feel that there's no need to pursue the bear further. Because they're like, we shot it. It's afraid of us now. It's they, done. Yeah. They yeah. felt they had instilled enough fear of humans into the bear to keep it away from their settlements in the future. They've never met a bear before. They were wrong. <laughs> so I'm going to stick a big fat trigger warning at the front and the end of this for infant and child death because um most of the victims are women and children a pregnant woman does get killed i'll say that damn yeah how Um, far along do you know she was nine months oh she was like she was oh that was like a baby yeah that was like a baby baby yeah a lot of sources do count they count um the unborn baby as a death which brings the tally to like seven or eight of the people killed but i'll I'll get into it. So November passes by. Shot the bear. It's gone. They don't see it. Everything's chill. At this point, they've probably forgotten about it. It's December 9th, 1915. During the day, the men leave the house to go do tasks around the village because it's winter setting in. They still have to. It's a teeny tiny village made of like straw and sticks in the middle of a forest. They have to get ready for winter. And the women and children all remain at home to do domestic things. Around 10.30 a.m., the bear returns, and it enters the homestead of the Oda family. One of the sources I read said that it accidentally knocked a wall down, and this is how it got in. Okay. Accidents happen. Accidents happen. happen. It's a big animal. Right? I hope so, too. Progressive home insurance. Would that be an act of God, or would that be act of bear? Uh... I feel like that's like natural natural causes natural disaster yeah it's a it's a natural disaster they'll be they'll definitely be insured oh, it's gonna be it's gonna get even more disastrous so one way or another he gets into this house inside is a farmer's wife it's a woman named abe mayu and an infant that she's looking after named hasumi mikio she sees the bear and she screams which yeah ah, i would too her and the and the uh, the infant both see it, both scream. Ah, bear! Thank you for the sound effects. Sorry. Um, this just draws the bear's attention. I'm gonna say this: I don't think that this bear came here to eat people. I think it came here because it's got harvest from this village before. It knows there's food in these houses that's probably what it was looking for bears are very opportunistic hunters and especially around this time they're going to try to eat as much high calorie food as they can people are unfortunately a very high calorie food item so yeah i don't think that the bear entered this home with the express purpose of hunting down a person to eat them i think that it was just looking for harvest and them screaming drew its attention so the bear attacks them. It bites Mikio in the head, oh. which kills him instantly. 
God, I hope. Now, this is in line with how bears kill things, brown bears specifically. They'll employ one of two methods of killing prey. One, they will disembowel it, which causes death by exsanguination and shock. Or they will bite the head to crack the brain case, which which causes significant cerebral trauma, cerebral trauma and causes death. You'll hear a lot of um, survivor accounts of bear attacks. They'll recall feeling the bear's teeth in their scalp or oh. this is bad. They'll they hear their own skulls cracking. Oh, that is nasty. Yeah. Now these bears are capable of exerting a bite force of 1,200 pounds per square inch. This translates to 20,000 pounds of pressure at the tip of the canine. So this is a very powerful bite that they have. How do people survive bear attacks? I luck most of the time, I think. Or unluck. Yeah. For real. That's true. Very unlucky. You're either very lucky or very unlucky. I also found out that their claws can sometimes be as long as the average human finger. So everyone listening, hold up your finger. That is a bear claw. That is a bear claw. Not the claws we like to eat everybody. <laughs> um, but I, I know that was a little bit kind of cold and clinical, but I just want to give you an idea that this bear isn't just biting a baby in the head because it knows that's the most horrible thing it can do. That's how it is hardwired to kill things. Uh, the woman, Mayu, she's trying to fend off the bear and escape by throwing firewood at it. Doesn't do much. The bear turns on her, quickly overpowers her, and knocks her to the ground, and drags her off into the forest. Fucking somehow nobody heard this. And, yeah, screaming, bear roaring, sounds of struggle. I think that a lot of the households were kind of far apart from each other, though. Um, The scene was discovered by a man named uh, Nagamatsu Yukichi, who was nicknamed Odo. He was a boarder at this house, so he was just staying there with the family. And he returned to the home during his lunch break. Yowza. Mm, yummy. Not yummy. How he, appetizing. Yeah. So he came upon the scene, was like, holy shit. Ran to alert the other men. They all arrived at the house. What they saw, they would later describe as a scene that looked like the inside of a slaughterhouse. There was blood absolutely everywhere. Yeah, you're like throwing a baby around like a throwing a baby around grabbing a woman and dragging her off yeah yeah not great it's gnarly in there i would not want to be one of the people to come across that that night a bunch of the villagers gather in the miyoke house decide what the hell to do next uh a man named saito ishigoro decides that he'll be the one to leave the village to contact authorities and another dude named miyoke yasutaro he's going to leave to inform the Hasumi family of Mikio's death. I wasn't sure if it was that night or the following evening, but the villagers did something special in honor of, not, not in honor of this, but like out of, <laughs> out of grief <laughs> in for what happened. Articulate better, Alexis. To, in memoir? Yes. <laughs> so they... <laughs> They prepared a small portion of white rice. This was typically reserved only for special events because out here on the frontier in Hokkaido, that was pretty scarce. Um, so they made some white rice that evening because, you know, it's like 
people are dead. It's like a vigil kind of thing. And also, you know, you're sad. You're going to want to eat something. Are there other types of rice? I guess bra- I brown rice? I don't, I don't know. So. Yuck. Brown rice isn't that bad. Mm. It just looks like little maggots when it's being cooked. L rice. L rice? <laughs> L rice? There's L rice and there's W rice. I almost said lice. <laughs> <laughs> there's lice and lice. <laughs> Okay. Next day, December 10th, a search party of 30 men sets out to find Mayu. That's a lot of men. That's a lot of men. That's like the whole village. Yep. It is. Oh. Um, so they set out to find Mayu, hoping that she's possibly still alive. They do not get very far into the forest before they find the bear. They only get about 150 meters into the forest and they come upon him. Five men fire at him. Only one shot lands. Nice. Good job, guys. Well, it's like such a big target. How Good do you job, miss, boys. How do you miss that? I don't know. <laughs> um, they shoot it. The bear's angry, but it retreats. And they search the area, hoping that maybe Mayu's out here. Nearby, they do find some dry blood in the snow at the base of a fir tree. Beneath the snow is what is left of Mayu's body. She's been partially consumed. Only her head... And legs remain. Oh, he didn't want the head? I, I he said no head? He said no head. <laughs> okay. Um, so the bear has buried her in the snow at the base of this fir tree. This is something that bears will do both in times of abundance and type, times of scarcity. This is a behavior called caching. They'll do this to preserve their food so that it'll last longer or to hide it from scavengers. Either way... It's making the food last longer. So it's important either way. So the search party sees this, finds her remains, and they realize, uh-oh, this bear has a taste for human flesh. <laughs> We've got a man-eater on our hands. And because of that, they know that the bear will return to the settlement. I was trying to find out if that was true, if once an animal eats someone, <laughs> eats a person, if they do develop a taste for human flesh. Like cannibals? I, I think so. Apparently... We have really salty blood, like more than other animals and predators like that. So, so like, shit, the bear's going to come back. They decide they're going to set up an ambush at the Oda homestead because they believe it's going to return to the site. And it does. Bear returns to the village around 8 p.m. that night. And it sets off a panic throughout the village. Despite knowing it was going to come, despite this trap they'd set for it. I can't blame them because it is a massive fucking bear coming into their village to try to possibly kill and eat more of them. So the trap doesn't work. (laughs) Best laid schemes, I guess. One of the men does manage to shoot the bear in the chaos. That's three times now that this bear has been shot, by the way. Uh, And a group of 50 guardsmen who are stationed at the Miyoke house. A lot of the other villagers are also staying in that house to kind of hole up because it's further away from the Oda residence and they're, they headed there for refuge. There's about 10 people total in that house. Uh, but the Miyoke house is 300 meters away and the 50 guards who are posted up there, they arrive too late to the maid settlement to intercept the bear and it's gone by the time they get there. So they're like, shit, we have to go after him. So they all set off to pursue the bear. They leave a whopping one guy behind Nice. To guard the women and children taking refuge in the Miyoke house. Uh, it's the same guy who discovered 
the scene at the Oda house, Odo. So he's here looking after everybody. I'm going to, once again, reiterate the trigger warning. Because something really bad is about to happen. I feel like all of this is really bad. It's Yeah, it's all bad. How worse can it get? Oh, worse. <laughs> okay, well, give it to me. Okay. So all the guards set off to pursue the bear. They only leave Odo behind. The bear, during this time, while they're out searching for it, circles back to the settlement within the hour. <laughs> and it heads for the Miyoke house. Stop laughing. <laughs> <laughs> He's just so smart. He is. He He's just bamboozled I everybody. He sure did. He really just... Mm-hmm. You know, I love the determination. <laughs> I can respect it. I really respect the determination, the ambition. So the bear circles back to the settlement. And it's headed straight for the Miyoke house. Inside, like I said, are 10 people, 10 people who have sought refuge in here, mostly women and children. Uh, Yasutaro's wife, who's Yasutaro is the head of the Miyoki family. Um, his wife, Yayo, she's cooking at the stove when she hears something outside. She hears a rumbling outside. Before she can investigate, the bear... Again, this is how the bear gets into these houses changes between <laughs> each source. One source I saw said that it like leveraged the kitchen window to bust through the wall. Oh, which, holy fuck. Another I saw just said that it just kind of walked through the front door. What? So Odo's doing a really great job guarding everybody. <laughs> so either way, Everyone is panicking, as I would too, if a fucking bear busted through my wall or just walked through my front door like he owned the place. (laughs) And in all the commotion, a pot that's sitting on the hearth is overturned, and whatever's inside of it douses the flames beneath it. An oil lantern is also knocked over, and its light is extinguished. Oh my god. So the home right now is pitch fucking black. Oh my god. It is completely dark, and there's a bear in here somewhere. Okay, I'm getting scared now. It's This is turning into like a horror story. Oh yeah. (laughs) Like at first it was like, "Mm, bears. Now it's like, like, oh, oh, bears. Oh. It's not even the bears that freak me out. It's the darkness. (laughs) Yeah, that's... The darkness is the worst that one. That is really scary. And remember, it's 1915. It's not like they have street lamps outside. The unknown. So, yeah. Uh, Yayo, remember, she was the one cooking. She has her little son, Umekichi, on her back. She tries to run. One of her other children, her son, Yujiro, is clinging to her legs and trips her. She falls. The bear attacks her and Umekichi, drags her back into the living room, and starts starts biting the both of them. Okay. She does manage to escape with her two children, Umakechi and Yujiro. Uh, her other two children, Rikizo and Hisano, are still in the house. So is, uh, I think it's her her third son, Kinzo. So she escapes with the two little children. And she's able to escape because fucking Odo, again, their only guard, runs for the door. Nice. And that makes the bear turn its attention towards him and pursue him. Bear 101, if you are encountering a bear, don't run. <laughs> Running is one of the worst things you can do. That is prey behavior, and a grizzly bear can run at speeds of 35 miles per hour. I don't so know. You're just saying, like, just sit there and take it, uh, basically. Well, don't try to run, because you won't make it, but... <laughs> I just sit there. I'm just going to take it. I'm just going to get chomped. Uh, yeah. Either way, it's a lose-lose. Yeah, it's a... Yeah. Just 
for reference, just don't go where there's bears. Don't go where there's bears. And if you do, be bear smart. But um, be sp- anyway, be Bart. <laughs> be Bart. <laughs> so Odo runs for the door, but the fucking bear is in the way. So he can't get around him. Sees that the bear has turned on him. So he ducks behind some furniture to hide. The bear catches him and it clamps onto his lower back and bites through his groin, waist, and buttocks. So it's like taking a chunk out of his side, basically. You're just sitting there nodding <laughs> through all this. Are you How coping? How else do to do? Just like, just, mm, sorry. Like, yeah. No. <laughs> all right. Okay. It's just funny. I just wanted to say what you're doing. <laughs> He's like, okay, yeah. Word. And the whole time it's biting him, the bear is also slashing at him with its finger-sized claws. Uh, for some reason... When he starts screaming, the bear drops him, which doesn't typically happen. So somehow he startled the bear, he unnerved the bear, or what I think most likely happened is the bear saw the other children who were in the house. Bears are very opportunistic, going after prey that is young, sick, alone, feeble. Feeble. That's what they're going to target. So I think, yeah, he saw the kids and, and just kind of turned towards them. So it drops Odo, turns on the children. It kills Miyoke Kinso in a single blow. On sight. On sight. It mauls Saito Iwao, who's the uh, third son of the Saito family. And the source that I read said that it beat his, bro- his brother Haruyoshi. I, th- I don't know if that just means like it bat him around, which bears will do. Um, but it says that it beat him to death, which is really intense. <laughs> beaten to death by bear holy fuck i would rather just be chomped i would too rather just than just like wailed around crack my around. brain case sir just get yeah, it over just with get it over don't play with me <laughs> just one and done it <laughs> um this is kind of horrible Iwo, he did not immediately die during this attack the bear then turned on saido take who is ishigoro's nine months pregnant wife she is initially hiding, but upon hearing the sounds of her children being killed, she uh, reveals herself from her hiding place. Bear notices her, approaches her, drags her into the middle of the room. Again, really, really big trigger warning here. This is really rough. Oh, I'm ready for it. I feel like I know where this is going. Witnesses said that she pleaded to the animal to spare her unborn baby. She was shouting, don't bite my belly, don't bite my belly. If you're hungry, eat me. The bear did attack, kill, and consume Take. When she was found, her stomach was torn open. Oh. And the fetus was lying nearby. Oh. Somehow unharmed. Oh. But it only survived for another hour. Oh. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. Can I go to my room? This sucks. (laughs) Yeah. That's about as, as bad as it gets here. Um, yeah. yeah so um that happens and then the bear proceeds to eat part of kinzo and then iwa who again is still alive is this bear not full like he's eating a that good amount of body parts at eating this part. yeah yeah like, I, that's a lot of food for it is a bear it's to also consume. it's also really interesting that he's like switching targets mid-attack because normally when a bear catches something it, you can't get it off of it yeah 
it's going to stay on that thing. Yeah. I just uh, want to like go back to also how can I curse on this? Yeah. How <laughs> fucking weird is this? <laughs> because like you said, they're dusk and dawn homies. Like, yeah, that's, this is not dusk nor dawn. No, he posted up at 10 a.m. and came back at 8 p.m. 8 p.m. Yeah, that's not it's like it's like. Like raccoons that you see during the daylight, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you know, like something's fucked up with the raccoon if they're like in <laughs> daylight. It's rabbit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're like, that is not. Something's wrong. Something's wrong with that raccoon. Yep. What are they doing? I'm gonna get into it later, but yeah, the bear is exhibiting some very strange, very disturbing behavior. Ah, God, bear demon. All right. Yeah. So. Uh, Remember all those guards who left? (laughs) (laughs) So they're in the forest looking. They realize the trail's gone cold. And they return to the village. Oh, right. Where an absolutely hysterical and badly injured Yayu meets them. And she tells them what happened. They all run to the Miyoke house where sounds of the attack are still continuing inside. They reported they could hear sounds of the bear eating meat and crunching bones. Mm. And allegedly, this sucks, they can hear someone inside groaning who they assume to be Take. Uh. That could just be a death rattle. Dead bodies kind of make uh, don't, sounds. Uh, I and, hate the death uh, rattle. I, yeah. Have you heard it before? No. Did you uh, ever? Yeah, I've, I've heard it. Oh, that's so yeah, scary. it's so scary. For anyone who... Uh, wants to know aria used to work in a uh funeral home oh no no, no. i've heard it from just at, people no no no. at work now oh jesus <laughs> that's so awful well okay at the hello at the funeral home they're already dead they're not gonna <laughs> death rattle you know like when people overdose on opioids no but i'm following yeah opioid overdoses you can hear the death rattle oh that's because they can't breathe that sucks so bad yeah it's it's, it sounds not yeah it's not good no No. um use use opioids safely everybody carry narcan (laughs) and use with a friend thank you sponsored by your local social worker cheese um it's really unfortunate that it seems like a lot of people in the house did not go quickly um that's why in the beginning i said it's kind of as awful as that sounds it's pretty fortunate that mikio was bit on the head and killed pretty instantly because bears will not always wait for something they won't always kill something before they start eating it yeah yeah And it's because they are just, for one, they're not like specialized hunters. They don't have, they're not specialized like, uh, like cats are to stalk and hunt and kill quickly. They're just kind of big brute force, bodacious babies. Bodacious, beautiful Beautiful. babies, bountiful. (laughs) So they'll kill with their claws, with their teeth. And they don't always, uh, when they kill something, they immediately assume that something's going to come take it. So they try to eat as much of it as possible, as quickly as possible. So the guards, they are hearing this, seeing this. They're like, holy fucking shit. They believe everyone in the house is dead. And one of them suggests lighting the house on fire while the bear's inside. Yeah, that's a good one. That's that's a really good idea. Not actually. a bad idea. It's a really good idea. However. Kind of sad, but it's yeah, a good idea. Exactly. Yayo, she's she's afraid that some of the children inside may still be alive 
and she begs them not to. It's a good thing that they didn't because she was right. Uh, her two children were still inside and they were still alive. Oh, unharmed or harmed? Uh, injured, but they do recover. Okay. They were they managed to hide from the bear, which is also a nightmare scenario. You're just like, God, you're hiding in like in like the a, corn bushel. Yeah, like in a small cottage. And, and it's pitch black, black. And you just hear crunching. Crunching. <laughs> oh, God. I, I haven't visualized that until now. But that's Snap, crackle, popping <laughs> up in that bitch. <laughs> that is terrible. We should, we should play a game when what? we're done with this. We should turn all the lights off. Uh, and we should and just release like, a bear in here? No, we should just like snap, crackle, pop some Rice Krispies and recreate it. Play bear sounds? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So instead of the fire tactic, they decide they're going to set up an ambush by surrounding the house at both entrances. Uh, they're split into two teams. One at the back entrance is going to try to scare the bear into leaving out the front where there's a waiting firing line. They do manage to startle the bear enough to make it leave, but in the most bumbling Mr. Bean fashion, they all <laughs> bunch together in a group and block each other's lines of sight. You're you're shitting and me. And the bear escapes. You're shitting me. No. Not. You're actually shitting nope. me. They all got too close in their line. To be fair, they could have also been like in a state of like frantic, could yeah, have organized. That's very true. And I mean, you're aiming at a, a man-eating bear that's charging at you from inside of a house where a bunch of dead children and a pregnant woman lay. So I could imagine there is a little bit of uh, hysteria. Dis- you're a little, yeah, disoriented. Well, it's a little bit of disarray. So bear escapes. Nice. And they're like, guys. We need to go in that house. So they have to examine the aftermath of the attack, determine if anyone survived, find out who died. When they head in there, it is rough. <laughs> That's how you're going to describe it? It's yeah, rough. It is bad. <laughs> it's not good. Bone and blood and gore is covering pretty much every inch of this house. All right. Blood spray was found on the ceiling. All right. So this was an attack of extreme violence. There's so many people in there. Yeah. Uh, They find the bodies of the boys from the Sairo and uh, Miyoke family who were killed and partially eaten. And they do find Take, like I said, in in the state she was in, which is really horrible to see. Uh, Yayo's other two children, who I said were also hiding in there, they were injured, but they made it out. They survived. The Saido children's father, Ishigoro, remember, he's the one who went to contact the authorities. So he's still, he left that morning. He has no idea what has happened. He's completely unaware of the fate of his children at this time. That's so sad. That's really sad. That is so sad. I know. As you can imagine, this incident caused most of the guardsmen to leave. <laughs> Either because they're like, fuck, this is, there's a bear, or they're just like, God, I'm so embarrassed. Or shit, this is just I not. I can't even shoot a, I can't even shoot I, straight. I can't even shoot a bear. What do I have to What am I doing to? here? I'm a horrible man. Yeah. But I think that this incident just kind of rattled everybody to the core, as I would imagine. <clears throat> it's a little, it's mildly as, traumatizing. Yeah, I could imagine walking in on a house full of dead children and a pregnant woman who were violently killed and eaten uh, would be hard to process. 
slightly needing some better help. Yeah. <laughs> not a sponsor. They're not, not, not sponsored, sponsored by BetterHelp. Better I heard it's a really bad website. I did too. Don't use BetterHelp. <laughs> Please don't. Go to psychology today and Please. get your own therapist. Go through your provider. Find yes. someone who works for you. Yes. Okay. Anyway, that little PSA out of the way. Uh, <laughs> the only guards who remained were men who had been veterans of the Russo-Japanese War. Oh. So that says something about the the brutality of this event. That only the guys who are war veterans were like, yeah, we'll stay. This event also prompted a lot of villagers to leave as well. And I can't say I blame them because it's this bear has attacked two houses in two days. I'm sure everyone at this point is just wondering, am I next? Yeah, the odds aren't great. No, not awesome. No, not great odds. Uh, during this time, Yasutaro, who is Yayo's husband, he has been hearing rumors of an expert bear hunter and a war veteran. Ooh. I know. This is, <laughs> this guy is some movie shit, I'm telling you. <laughs> does he fuck? He kind of does, yeah. Got it. So he's been hearing rumors, and uh, Yasutaro is also uh, away from the settlement right now because he went to, he was the one who went to go deliver the news to uh, Mikio's family of what happened. But so at some point while he's out, he hears rumors of some guy. It's a dude named Yamamoto Haikichi. And his name is spelled differently everywhere. I've seen Haikechi, Haikichi. One source called him Haikigachi. What? I don't know. <laughs> but I'm going to call him Yamamoto Haikichi. Yasutaro tracks him down and tells him, hey, we're having some problems. <laughs> Could you help us out? Could you please come to the village and get rid of this bear? When Yasutaro tells him about the attack that happened on Mayu and Mikio at the Oda house, Yamamoto is like, wait, I know this fucking bear. Oh, so he's got he knows the bear? beef with this he bear. He knows the bear? He knows the bear. Also, how do they know it's the same bear? Because, well, I'm about to tell you. This bear has a very unique uh, fur pattern on it. Oh, is it the slash? Yeah. Okay. Yamamoto is the one who he is the one who named him Kesagake, which again is the the word for the diagonal slash of a sword from the shoulder across oh, the right, body. Right, Kesagake right. has like a patch of gray fur across his chest. He believes that this is the same bear that was responsible for the killing of three women not long before this. Dude, he's a woman. He's hater. on a roll. He is. He's a misogynist. <sighs> you know he what? hates women. I could forgive the the baby eating. What? I draw the line at misogyny. You, the baby eating, <laughs> really? You're awful. You're worse than I am. <laughs> God, you know, for an omnipotent kind of bear thing. Omnipotent. So there's the the bear demon, the bear god. Yeah, Onikuma. Yeah. So mm -hmm. like, he's kind of a mean. He's a mean entity. <laughs> say he's mean i think he's just well, uh i think he's just i don't think no i mean i mean he's a misogynist he's a misogynist but <laughs> so he's a little mean not that animals can be mean i think he's just hungry and desperate aren't we all so that's uh yasutaro prevails upon yamamoto for help he says we're getting our shit rocked can you please come help us yamamoto's like i know the bear but i'm not gonna help you because He's pawned his guns to get money for alcohol. Nice. So he's literally like this washed up. He's alcoholic. retired. I know. It's like, 
It's like the part in Megamind. (laughs) (laughs) They go, they get Music Man. Yeah, when they find Metro Man, and they're like, "You have to fight Titan. He's gonna destroy the city." He's like, "I don't do the hero thing anymore." (laughs) He's like, "I'm a musician now." (laughs) Anyway, December eleventh, nineteen. You know what? That's self-preservation. Good for him. I facts. He's been through the war. He's been a bear hunter. I don't blame him for wanting a little me time. Uh, December 11th, 1915, Ishigoro and Yasutaro, who have been away this whole time, return back home to Sakabetsu, and they see the carnage from the night before. That's so sad. It's really sad. They and the other men in the village all group together with like renewed purpose to kill Kesagake. Because now it's personal. Um... Same thing with the Oda house, where they set up that trap beforehand that didn't work. <laughs> they try it again. They stay at the Miyoke house that night, believing the bear will return. And this is, that's a behavior that bears sometimes exhibit. They'll hang around a kill site for a while. Um, but they see no sign of him that whole night. Like I said a, a little bit ago, this bear's behavior was very unusual and yeah. alarming. Yeah, he's a freak. He is a freak. A little freakazoid. <laughs> For one, he has showed no fear of fire or lanterns, which most wild animals that they've encountered at this point have. He does not stray far from food, which is why he's staying so close to the village, because there's food there. He, this is really weird. He has a propensity for familiar foods and items, namely corn. He keeps stealing their corn. He likes corn. (laughs) He really likes corn. And he might be a misogynist because he was known to shred women's clothing pretty viciously. I, you're literally just telling me the story of the brave bear. Oh, shit. You're literally just telling me the story of the brave bear. Mordu? Mordu. Mordu. That's literally him. Uh, that, why is he doing that? Anyway. <laughs> There's also, like you mentioned, the irregular timing of the attacks. These guys are supposed to be dawn and dusk, nocturnal. But he's attacking in the morning, midday, late at night. What's happening? He's not sleeping. He's not sleeping. He's he's eating. He's eating. But not sleeping. He's also unfazed by the number of people present in an area. Yeah. Why is he being scared? I, that's, yeah. That, that's what's really unusual about this is that he has no fear whatsoever of human beings. Because he's been he's been shot three times already by them, and he just doesn't give a fuck. He Dude, keeps coming back. He's for real omnipotent. He's he's literally I listen. I'm gonna turn the supernatural for a hot second. Okay, do it. I'm ready. I'm I am fairly certain that this bear has a man in him. Oh, like possessed man, like a spirit. Yeah, and that's why he likes corn so much. <laughs> When, hold on. I had a point. That's why? No. That's the only... <laughs> no, I, I had think a he's point. possessed because this motherfucker likes corn. corn. He's just exhibiting a lot of human traits. He is. So that's, that's why true. I'm a little sussed out about it. Yeah. Like, it is. he could just be a bear. He could be. But... A weird bear. He could also be actually in line with Japanese mythology. That's... Yeah. A lot of the villagers at this point thought that's exactly what it was. They thought they were being... Mm-hmm haunted by an onikuma they for sure are they for sure are. he's a he's a human he's been shot three times he keeps coming back he kills on mass i would also i mean i'm a fairly rational person but i'd be like this is 
This is weird. This ain't no bear. This is not a bear. This is not a regular bear. Um, and I, I'm wondering how much of it is just them kind of like further vilifying this bear and maybe like adding sensational little details to it. Like, oh, he, he tears off women's clothes and he, he's not afraid of fire. He's fireproof. He's fireproof and he's bulletproof. Um, cause that was another thing that they noticed. He has a tendency to tear off clothes and body hair. What? During attacks. Yeah. Body hair? Yeah. That was weird. That's something I might expect from a cat, because cats will, like, that's why their tongues are like that, so that they can Ew. lick off meat, or they can lick off fur and feather from their kills. Is that really what... Mm-hmm. Oh, It's part of it. It's also for grooming, but... Are you trying to make me... I'm looking at my cat right now. Are you trying to make me hairless? Are you trying to tenderize me? You're gross. <laughs> you but uh bears don't really care about that kind of stuff so that's interesting they, say, they like it all natural they do. <laughs> but this bear he likes his woman shaved and groomed <laughs> and hairless naked. and naked damn i'm telling you this bear's a freak he's a freakazoid um and again he would shift focus during attacks to those fleeing this so bears pursuing fleeing prey is something that they are known to do However, I said before, if they're already invested in a kill, they're not going to easily move from that kill, even if they do spot something else. Cats are kind of like that, uh, where they'll kill something and then spot something else and their their instinct, the, their predator instinct will just kick in and they'll kill it <laughs> uh, and ignore the other thing they just killed. So, But bears, I haven't seen anything suggesting bears also do this. The next day, December 12th, News of these attacks has reached the Hokkaido government office and <laughs> fist pumping. Woo! Woo! Fist bump! A task the force. government involved. I know. A task force of six snipers is dispatched. Is uh, dispatched. Dispatched from the nearby <laughs> town of Hoboro. Uh, they're headed for Senkabetsu because they're they're going to fuck up this bear. They're going to hunt down Kisagake. That's so sad. It is. It's overall, it is a really sad story for everybody involved. For everybody, yeah. But they get there. The day goes by without seeing the bear, and the team suggests something. Something. They say, "Hey, the bear's not coming back because it knows the bodies aren't in the house anymore. We just need a body." Huh? So they're suggesting using the body of a previous victim. To lure Kesagake out. You know what? That's kind of smart. It is. It's um, really, really morbid. Up, yeah. yeah. But I mean, do what you got to do. Do what you got to do. Yeah. As you can imagine, the the villagers were vehemently opposed to this idea, <laughs> especially the families who had um, family members involved in the killings. They're like, you you want my dead sister to be violated even Again. further. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, it's it's for the tough. cause, I guess. For the cause, it is tough, but they do reluctantly accept that it would be necessary to save what's left of the village. At some point, also during the stay, our guy Yamamoto has joined up with the sniper team because he's heard the news of the massacre that happened at the Miyoke house two nights prior, and he's like, "I've got to come out of retirement." <laughs> This will be my... It's like, I gotta sober up yeah. real quick. 
So he's he out here. He joins up and they do set up one of the bodies inside the Miyoke house. I couldn't find out who it was, but they're in there. The snipers wait nearby. Either some sources said that they were like either in the house, like hiding in the rafters, or they were just rafters. right outside of it. You know, like Batman. The bear does appear, shows what? up at the edge of the forest. It approaches the house, but for some reason, it does not go inside. It doesn't take the bait. He knows. He know he knows. He knows. He knows. He disappears again into the forest, and the plan is a failure. Something to note. A bear's olfactory bulb is massive. It is five times bigger than ours. The The what? The olfactory bulb. It's the thing that interprets scents for your brain. Their sense of smell is also about 2,000 to 3,000 times better than ours. So he probably just sniffed them out. Or, like we're saying, he could have just been an an unusually intelligent bear. He walked (laughs) walked in there and was like, wait a second. This is a... This is... Too easy. I already killed that woman. (laughs) So yeah, takes off. Plan is a failure. December 13th, 60 armed men are now involved in this hunt (laughs) to get one fucking bear at dawn. uh, At the. They need to find the bear's den. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. He doesn't have one. He doesn't have a den. That's why he's out and about. How do you not have a den? He just doesn't have one. I don't know. Like, you didn't make one? Probably. All right. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they make them. Sometimes they find them. He just hasn't. just doesn't have one. Freakazoid times 30. Yeah. I'll talk about it a little bit later. So 60 men are now involved in the hunt for this bear. At dawn on this day, patrols discover that several houses, including the Oda household, have been ransacked. And their winter stores are completely gone. So... <laughs> This bear's just messing with them. He's just toying with them. The houses, thankfully, that were damaged had all been abandoned prior. At this point, they're kind of tired of getting jerked around by this bear. The police captain, I think Suga is how you say his name, he had an ice bridge set up, an ice bridge made. I don't know what that means. I tried looking it up. An ice bridge? An ice bridge. Like a bridge made out of ice? I guess. The town is right next to a river, so I'm wondering if they made this ice bridge across the river to like funnel the bear towards them because he posted guards and snipers to this spot. That night, the guards are all just chilling, looking out, waiting for this bear. They spot a shadow moving at the edge of the forest. At first, police captain's like, wait, could just be a guy. They call out to it. When it doesn't respond, they fire on it. It, that was Kasagake. <gasps> they and got him. No, they oh, didn't. he escaped. Didn't he took oh, off. Oh, okay. Got it. However, maybe they did get him. Because the next morning, the guards investigate the opposite side of the bank where they where they saw the shadow and shot at it. And they discover bear tracks and blood. Kesagake has been wounded again. He now has been shot four times. Maybe more <laughs> than that. Probably. Because if they went open season on him. That's true. And yeah, probably even before this happened. Which I'll talk about in a little bit. Seeing this, Yamamoto decides this is the time. We have to... He seizes the opportunity right now to track down the bear and finish him off. Because he's like, he's wounded. He's weak. We have to do this now. He recruits a local guide named Ikeda Kamejiro to help him track down the bear. And they set out 
by themselves without any of the others because it looks like there's a snowstorm snowstorm setting in and they know that if they travel with the whole company they'll be too slow to beat the storm and they'll lose the trail so like it'll be faster if it's just the two of us yamamoto's familiarity with kesagake's behavior because remember he's got like beef with the they got history they, they got history <laughs> Uh, combined with Kamajiro's knowledge of the area, allows them to pretty quickly track the bear down. Whoa. Yeah. He spots him resting beneath a Japanese oak tree. Aww. I know. This is, it's really sad and pretty anticlimactic. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to prepare you. Yamamoto closes the distance so that he's about 20 meters from the bear, which How is 60 feet? feet. Oh, thank you. He fires two shots pew, and they pew. both land. Pew, pew. First is to the heart. Second is to the head. And with that, Kasagake is no more. He's been Are successfully killed. Yep. It took, it was that easy. Two shots. <laughs> Bless you. I'm keeping that sneeze in. I think that was a good reaction sneeze to this. So yeah, he just snuck up, up on, <laughs> snuck up on him and shot him. And that was all it took. You know, you know. Sometimes the best way is a stealthy way. Yeah. They. That is. So, I'm sorry. That is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> that was very. Yamamoto's been here for two days, and he's already <laughs> taking care of business. It was really that easy. It was. That it easy. was that easy. God damn. It was. All right. Well. Oh. So. Congratulations. Good job. Good job, man. You've been Cheers, your lifelong your arch nemesis. Your lifelong you mission has been completed and fulfilled. Congrats. <laughs> when they measure him, his body is found to weigh 340 kilograms, which is 750 pounds. That's a lot of That's pounds. That's a lot. That's a lot. And he is 2.7 meters tall, which is almost 9 feet tall. Like on his hind legs. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which is still big. That's a big bear. That's a big boy. They perform a necropsy, which is just an autopsy, but on an animal. And they find human remains in the stomach, along with some personal items from some of the victims. <laughs> personal items. <laughs> they, yes. <laughs> um, they specifically, I think that they find uh, one of Mayu's garters or something oh, in some of her hair. That's weird. That's weird. This bear is... What's going on? He's a weirdo. It's just like, this bear's the type of guy who would like walk by a Victoria's Secret yeah. in the mall and just kind of stand outside and stare in it for way really too long. Weirdo. Such a weirdo. <laughs> they also discover an old bullet in his right leg. Mm. They don't say how old this bullet could be. They just say it's old. So I assume old, older than, you know, the, the week that this has been happening. So I assume that he's been driven off before and as we're saying has lost his fear of humans which is putting him in conflict with humans a lot you know i feel oddly sad for him i feel really sad for him i feel really really sad i don't i don't i feel really sad i don't hold it against what a lonely life it is such a lonely life i truly don't hold it against him i i mean i wasn't a victim so i can't I can't yeah. be like, you know what? I forgive him. But <laughs> but but he's just a bear. He's just a bear. He's just he's an animal and I'll I'm about to talk about it why I why 
this probably happened. It's why he acted the way that he did. He's just a bear. Yeah. His skull and his fur were taken as trophies. Oh. They have since been lost, though. His skull was destroyed <laughs> in a fire in 1934, and the pelt, uh, fucking who knows? It's, <laughs> it disappeared. No one knows where it is. One of the bear's canines is supposed, supposedly still in the possession of the son of a man who received the skull as a gift from somebody. So there's that, at least. The bones were very likely scattered in a nearby swamp. Some of the meat was given to the families of those who were injured or killed, and the rest was made into stew for the village. Uh, yeah. I don't know how I'd feel. Yeah. You know, little, like, hey, here's the meat of the bear that killed your, your family. family. Yeah. Go to town, have fun, good dinner. No. Like, I don't think I'd be able to eat that. I wouldn't. There was, yeah, there was some reluctance from some people. It was it was really weird because some people were like, no, I this bear ate ate some of our people. We can't. And then some people were just like, fuck this bear. Let me at him. And they just wanted to tear him apart. Which is, you know, retribution. Valid feelings. Both valid. But I don't think I'd be able to. No. And even creepier, apparently when they were eating the stew, they were getting like more and more feral. Uh, uh, Yeah. There's something wrong with this bear. There's something. I think there was something inside of him, bro. Yeah, that's not great. That's not great. Um, but they calmed down. It wasn't permanent. It was just like, a, I only read that in one source and it was really weird. And I was like, hmm. Was it anyway. the bear website that you went on? Probably. I went on a lot of bear websites. Like the vlog one with that man? No, it wasn't that one. Okay. I had to dig deep to find that one. Yeah, that was I had a to weird go into site. someone's Tumblr archive. That was a weird site. Um, the guts of Kesagake were either given to Yamamoto as a reward like gee thanks thanks for the guts thanks for the the kill here's his intestines what are you supposed to do with that i don't know eat it i guess probably must be something something to it to give it to the guy who killed him must be some importance there um so it was either given to yamamoto or it was divided amongst the metatagi who who again were um these specialized bear hunters Thankfully, most who were injured during the attack on the Miyoke house would eventually recover. Yayo suffered head wounds. She made a full recovery. Aww. Her uh, her smallest son, Umikichi, who was also bitten during the, det- the attack, he would die of complications related to his wounds uh, less than three years later. Aww. I know. Sad. Odo recovered and returned to work. But the wow, fall- congratulations. But, well... <laughs> Hold on, because the following spring, he fell into the river and died. I'm sorry, that man is useless. <laughs> He's just... Oh, no, my guy. <laughs> I will say, though, he did... He was, uh, after the attack on the Miyoki house, he was one of the first people to go inside to recover survivors. So I'll give that to him. Okay. But when, but also, when, but also idiot. <laughs> also, Odo, poor dude. Sankabetsu was gradually abandoned by villagers, and it would become a ghost town not long after Ooh, its events. Ghost town. Yeah, I know it's really spooky. Can we go? Honestly, ghost I don't town. want to. Ghost town. Apparently, there's tragedy. Still, apparently, there's still bears in the area, though, so we have to be careful. I believe that the bears wouldn't just leave. <laughs> There was a 
a little boy who was in the village at the time of these attacks. His name was Okawa Haruyoshi. He was the son of the village mayor. He was just seven years old when these events occurred. And after Kasagake uh, was hunted down, he vowed to kill ten bears for every villager slain. Okay. So he's like, all right. Okay. okay. Did he complete it? Uh, he more than completed it. Oh, wow. By the time of his retirement at the age of 62, he had killed 102 bears. Doing the math. It's a little much. He's a little over his quota. It's a little much. I think he went over. It's a little, yeah. Uh, 76 of these were solo hunts as well. So he was just out there fueled by spite and rage to kill Killing bears. bears. Yep. That's just mean. That is mean, dude. Don't take it out on all the other bears. bears? The one who did it is dead. He's gone. He's good. Yeah, find peace you in know, that. Or hunt bears that hunt people at least. Yeah. Come on, Don't dude. Don't just hunt innocent Come bears. Come on. He did go on to erect a mor- uh, memorial for the lives that were lost at Sankapetsu. <laughs> Are you laughing because I said erect? No. Why? Are you laughing? Because they're going to talk about the house. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that's not, it's not this, well, there's a couple shrines dedicated to this, but he set up one up. It's not the one I'm going to get to in a second. Um, but after his death, he was also laid to rest there. His son, Takayoshi would also become a bear hunter and he would actually successfully hunt and kill a 500 kilogram bear, which is 1,100 pounds. What named Taro. What that happened in 1980. What the hell? What the hell? Wait a second. He could take out a thousand pan, a thousand pound bear, but all of these 60 plus people couldn't take down a <laughs> 700 pound bear. Well, to be fair, that was 1915. He hunted this bear in 1980, so he probably right, had he like he probably had like a machine gun a machine. or something. He probably had something better than whatever they were using in 1915. Bows and arrows. <laughs> So how this event is remembered in Japan is kind of interesting. (laughs) Arya's laughing because I showed her. (laughs) I showed her the... uh... Listen, it's 11.30. I'm getting delusional. (laughs) I showed her the the aftermath of (laughs) these events and what the government decided to do with the spot. (laughs) So the village itself no longer exists. However, the Sankabetsu Brown Bear Incident Reconstruction Location, that's the entire name, is built on the approximate site of the attacks. Oh my god. It's a macabre, fucked up little roadside attraction. It's unstaffed. It's fairly remote. And it's accessible via a stretch of road called Bear road guys bear road bear road <laughs> road i it, just have the image in my head it, it's just yeah so we're laughing because it features a shrine dedicated to villagers that's not why we're laughing but that's <laughs> that's part of the site there's also a giant statue of kesagake actively attacking one of the houses <laughs> inside the house is a life-size recreation of the Oda attacks, complete with a realistic bear model busting through the fucking window yep. and two cowering mannequins in front of him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that exists, and you can go visit. Um, for free. S- for free? Yeah. It's for free. 
Uh, the site, it's meant to evoke the same atmosphere as the original settlement, which is isolated, dark, rugged, bare, bare. Um, some of the reviews, visitors to the area report, one, a lack of cell phone service, which I already don't like. Not because I'm always on my cell phone, but just because anywhere that you don't get cell phone service is so creepy to me. It's okay. You can always do SOS for Apple. Oh, Call shit, that's one. true. Um, but there's a notable lack of cell service out here. Apparently, it's dark even in the daytime. What? Which I hate. What? It's just, it's like, it's very dimly lit even during the day. Oh, is it like covered by trees? It's, yeah, it's like oh, okay. deep in a, in a little grove kind of thing. Um, one of you said that they were so creeped out by the area that they weren't even able to get out of their car. And there's still the very real fear of bears roaming the area. Visitors to the site are recommended to bring bear bells with them. Which, bear bells? Mm -hmm, those are little um, bells that you attach to either yourself or an item that you're carrying with you. It just basically lets the bear know that you're there so that you don't accidentally sneak up on it. Because <laughs> um, that can happen. Or it scares the bear out of the area because it knows that those bells mean there's a human nearby. And if it still has its natural fear of humans, it'll take off. Nearby, there is the uh, more tasteful Tamame Town Folk Museum. This place documents the history of the area, the attacks, and along with the inhabitants' long and complicated history coexisting with bears. This incident has inspired several adaptations in the form of novels, movies, manga, a radio drama, and a stage play. <laughs> Go off. Brave. Brave. <laughs> Brave was inspired by this. Uh, a dude named Tagawa Yukio published a serialized novel called The Bear Wind in 1965. It's an adaptation of these attacks. Another novelist named Yoshimura Akira published a novel called Kumarashi uh, in 1977, which means bear storm. And in 1990, there was a movie made called Yellow Fangs. It was directed by Sonny, Sonny Chiba. Okay, well, drop the animes. Well, drop the animes. <laughs> I couldn't find them. Oh. I know. I tried really hard to. I, I saw, when I was looking through this, I saw, like, footage of some kind of animated movie, and it looked really scary. <laughs> I'll try to find some, I'll try to find whatever it was that I saw and send it. And I mentioned it at the beginning, but this incident is still considered today to be the worst bear attack in Japanese history. Uh, yeah. 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 Seven people were killed brutally brutally horribly there's a memorial but why why did the bear do this sorry i don't know why i said it like that why did the bear attack why why, why? <laughs> why did he do this <laughs> why so why did the bear attack there's a couple theories for funsies for one for funsies, well, funsies i don't know about <laughs> for one it's possible that he had a disrupted hibernation cycle cycle thank you he had a disrupted hibernation cycle. Different sources say different things, but he was either woken up early from hibernation or he just had not found a burrow yet to hibernate in or he just wasn't ready to hibernate because he hadn't built up his uh, fat stores enough. It's like Sandy. It Bear is like Sandy. <laughs> hibernation. Bear for winter. Bears who have not hibernated during winter, they are hungry and they are desperate. And they get weird. They get weird. They they get misogynistic. No, they don't. They are uh, 
they are dead set on building their fat reserves enough to get them through the winter months. A bear that has awakened early or is late to hibernate will be especially aggressive in pursuit of prey and they'll hunt and eat almost anything at that point because they just need to get something in their body. Studies of black bears, which I know we're talking about brown bears, but just, you know, bears, 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 a bear is a bear is a bear. Uh, studies of... It's a bear. Thank you. <laughs> studies of black bears. <laughs> studies of black bears estimate that they have to eat up to 20,000 calories a day in the weeks leading up to winter in order to build their fat stores enough to survive. And they'll spend mm, only about 20 hours a day in search of food. I mean, I do that too, though. So that's, I'm trying to like do the math in my head. It's a lot. That's not, it's not a lot of time to get all those calories. So that's just like, that's just, yeah. Yeah. And this bear, if it did wake up, from hibernation it was very early on in its hibernation cycle why do they like wake up though i'm not sure maybe oh, it just because just i don't know oh. i couldn't find anything that says why in um a bear will I wake didn't up. look yeah why oh. an early awakening from hibernation would happen but spring awakening, spring awakening. featuring jonathan groff and <laughs> leah michelle <laughs> uh th- i think I don't know, but it's uh, one of the sites I read did say there was a pretty cruel hunting practice where people would um, track down these bears in their burrows and they would drive them from their burrows while they were hibernating. <gasps> and obviously the bear is like half asleep. Oh my God. Doesn't know what's happening. And they would shoot it while it was like in a daze, daze state. Yeah. Don't poke a sleeping bear. <gasps> <gasps> Oh my god! Just, just make that connection. <laughs> Don't poke a sleeping bear, or else your family, your village, your mother, and your children are going to get beat to shreds. So that's yeah. it. The end. Don't poke a sleeping bear. Do not poke a sleeping bear. Just don't do it. Especially not this early on yeah, in don't, winter. Don't do it. So, bears are also very opportunistic. They'll seek out the easiest source of high calorie foods that they can find. I mentioned they'll hunt. Uh, when they do hunt, they target young, sick, alone individuals. Um, early on, when they're building their fat re- uh, reserves, like early fall-ish, maybe even before that, they will primarily stick to their vegetarian options, which <laughs> berries. <laughs> they're going to go to Plant Power and get a Beyond Burger. Oh, my God. <laughs> they're like... You know, we're on a diet. We don't need to think about it. And then they're like, oh, shit, it's crunch oh, time. Shit, it's time to bulk. Time. <laughs> it's time to bulk. Literally, it's crunch time. <laughs> so. They said bulking. What's the other one? Bulking and fasting? No. This. Uh, sorry. Oh. Should I leave that in? Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Yeah. I will. Do it. I have to do it again, actually. Hold it's on. It's fitting. Uh, okay. It's very it's fitting. fitting. <laughs> um. So early on, yeah, they'll stick to that diet. They'll be looking for berries, mushrooms, roots, uh, tree nuts, fruit-bearing trees. They can survive off of that? They can, yeah. They eat a lot. Um, It's only, yeah, exactly like you said, towards crunch time, things are getting down to the wire that they'll really start to dedicate more energy to hunting animals. So that's that could be exactly what happened here. This is, I think, the leading theory is that the bear woke up. It was very hungry. It knew that it had to hibernate and it had to do it quickly or it would die. So it just 
it did what a what a bear would do in that scenario. Did what he had to do to did survive. What he had to do, which is you know, did not survive. Pursue prey, eat as much as he could. Um, another theory is that the bear was wounded, which it was. You know, there was a bullet in its leg, but it's possible that the bear had been wounded prior. And again, it was shot at four fucking times throughout this story. If it was wounded, a wounded predator will be more prone to scavenge or to seek out easy prey. This is the same thing that happened in India with the Champawat tiger, who I'm also going to cover. She killed about 400 people because she had been shot at earlier. She had a wound that prevented her from uh, attacking and killing and eating her normal prey. 400 so, people? Yep. She's the most prolific man-eater of all time. And I'm going to do an episode about her. She's a man-eater. <laughs> um, and humans, unfortunately, were pretty easy prey. So that could be what happened. The bear was just looking for what was easy was close and the village was in its way was just there there's also the factor of deforestation destruction of habitat due to deforestation and human encroachment limits the wild spaces that an animal can inhabit or hunt in this prompts an increase in human animal interactions which then leads to animals coming to lose their natural fear of humans because they will start to view us as a food source not like to eat but they'll know we're associated with food either because of our waste, our trash, or people, especially today, will like to feed them. This is one of the... Who the the hell feeds bears? People do it. This is one of the primary causes of human-bear conflict today. So people think it's cute. It's like, oh, it's a bear. Just throw some bread to it. Let's just throw some bread at it. And then it keeps coming around. Who the fuck feeds bears? And gets into your house. People do it. Really? Yeah. I don't know why, but they do it. I don't know. My theory was that, like you said, when he got shot, Mm -hmm. you know, 1915, bullets are made out of weird things. That's true. I thought he could have been, like, poisoned. Oh. I didn't think about that. Because, like, I don't know. They made weird... They made things out of weird materials back then. I sure did. Side note, I just learned about the radium girls. That's why. (laughs) That's why. So maybe he was poisoned. Maybe he had like a fuck ton of like lithium in him. That's true. Shit, we still have to worry about asbestos today. We're just putting that stuff everywhere. For real. That's an interesting theory. I didn't, I didn't think of that. That could be. Yeah. He was, he was like feverish and went almost rabid kind of thing. Yeah. Um, But along with deforestation, there's also the fact that fruit-bearing trees, which are a major food staple of many bear species, especially Surrey brown bears, they particularly rely on acorns and beech nuts to make up a large part of their diet. When these trees are cut down and sometimes replaced with non-producing trees, this limits the bear's diets considerably and that pushes them to search elsewhere for food, like human-occupied places. Like corn. Yeah, like bushels of corn. <laughs> There's also, of course, the lack of bear knowledge involved in this case. These pioneers were not at all experienced with bears. They could not have known the numerous necessary precautions you have to take when you're in bear country, when you're coexisting with bears. Storing food away from homes and out of reach of a bear would be the biggest one. They were storing their food in their houses. 
they also underestimated the tenacity of this bear this late into fall and winter. Um, cause then I, I don't, I, I could see why they would just be like, Oh, it's just a normal bear, you know, whatever. It's It'll just leave. 1915. <laughs> it's just 1915. It's just a bear. We shot him. He won't come back anymore, but he did. So I'm sure that they didn't know what we know now about bears and late hibernation, waking up from hibernation. And then there's just the general misunderstanding of bears already. Um, even today, you know, and Japan's relationship with bears is very complicated. They're, they've been vilified and also venerated. They've been demonized and deified. So there's a lot of different places on the spectrum that bears fall. Back then in 1915, in a little pioneering village in the middle of the woods, I can't imagine you're going to have a particularly good association with bears or a good idea of bears. You don't love the bear or the idea of the bear. Bear. <laughs> Usuri brown bears today, as of 2015, that was the the latest estimate I could find. Uh, their numbers are around 10,600 individuals, and that's just on Hokkaido alone. Oh, wow. They're, that's a lot. Yeah. And there could be up to 30,000 across their total range. Oh, wow. Which is pretty good. So they're classified as least concern. There are some vulnerable populations in northern China, though. Their primary threats include all of the stuff I just mentioned, habitat destruction, habitat destruction and exploitation, hunting and poaching. Bears are hunted in Japan for their gallbladders because they're used a lot in traditional medicine. Their gallbladders? Their gallbladders. And they... Their gallbladders do have some medical applications, but pharma, uh, pharmaceutical companies have synthesized the... The bladder juice? <laughs> yeah. They've synthesized the good stuff that comes from the gallbladder so that they can you don't have to kill bears anymore to get these beneficial effects. People still do it, which is really sad. A gall, bear gallbladder can sell at $100 a gram. So there's a big, and that's like such a small thing for a whole ass bear. Yeah, I know. And you got to kill the whole bear to get it. Yeah, you can't just like do surgery on him. No, you have to. Yeah. In Hokkaido, bears and humans do still come into conflict. Between April and September of 2010, there were 84 documented Usuri brown bear attacks on people, as recorded by the Japanese Ministry of the Environment. Four of these attacks were fatal. Oh. And this likely has to do with. Increased habitat destruction, growing population size of both people in in their space and also bears growing their population in their own space. So things are starting to overlap a little bit. More people now. There's more bears now. And it's, it's just not mixing. The middle of that Venn diagram is not a pretty picture. No, it's just bloody and red. Yeah. And I've talked a lot about bears killing people. What about people, people killing, killing bears? people? Oh. Oh, well... <laughs> That's oh. that's for go watch go listen to a true crime podcast for that. That's not what I do. Um, but as for as for humans killing bears in 1996 alone, 1,725 bears were killed because uh, they were considered to be pests. They would pests. Yeah, pests. Pests like a rat. Yeah, these I couldn't find out if it was only Surrey brown bears but I assume it was also Asiatic black bears who are um, are in this also share habitat with them I did read one story about a bear and this is sad but 
<laughs> oh, why are you laughing? If it's so sad, a why are you laughing? Climbed, a bear climbed a, a telephone pole. Uh, okay. Got into the box, electrocuted itself. Sad. And <laughs> 850 homes lost power. <laughs> So that's he what I mean. He probably climbed because he thought it was a tree. Oh, no. That makes me even more sad. Because he was like, hmm, there's oh, probably no. bears at the top of this metal skinny tree. Oh, he just no. got shocked to death. That is so sad. That's so sad. Oh, my God. I didn't think about that. That is so sad. It is so late. I'm going to start crying. No, me too. I'm not, I don't have you the know, emotional fuck, integrity anymore. No. Fuck industrialism. For real. Oh, fuck the industrial fuck revolution. I want to go back to hunter-gatherer. No, you don't. No, I don't. No, you don't. <laughs> do they have canes and hunter and gather? Shit, they don't. No, they do not. Do they have hot chocolate? No. no. Acai bowls? No. Um, so, yeah. They're considered pests because they... So sad. I know. They get into urban areas like this. They um, will raid crops and livestock between... Between 2005 and 2007, over 7,000 bears were killed, either as pests or due to poaching or a combination of both. It's been suggested that likely some of these, you know, we had to kill it because it was a, a problem bear, a pest bear, is just a cover for poaching and harvesting the gallbladder. That's all really sad. So I want to end on not a good note, but oh, well, uh, it's it's going to be sad, and then, well, I'll just tell it to you. Uh, that's not so, <laughs> in 2021, an Usuri brown bear wreaked havoc in Sapporo, which is Hokkaido's uh, capital city. It invaded a military base. Nice. And an airport. Nice. And it mauled four people. Not as nice. Not as nice. They didn't die. They all survived. Um, and this bear was unfortunately... Uh, shot and killed because of this. He's just running amok in an airport. He is. Like what? What was going to happen? However, that same day. <laughs> so I read this in a news article that I found, and it mentioned. So it, it was about this story, right? The bear running amok, but it also mentioned at the end that this was one of a couple really bizarre incidences. <laughs> that happened on Hokkaido that same day. In that day, all these things were reported to authorities as separate incidents. A streaker? Huh? A ninja? Well, what? <laughs> and a knife-wielding man were all reported as separate incidences on Hokkaido this day. What? I don't know. <laughs> I think a Mercury was in Gatorade. What no, the Mercury fuck was, was happening? In Gatorade, retrograde, backwards. <laughs> that was just I That's I weird. I couldn't not include it. What was happening that That's day? That's weird. A ninja? A ninja. Those are like real? A knife wielding man? A streaker? They weren't all at the airport, right? I, they were I, just like I hope not. They were they were just all existing. They're just all over, which is kind of worse that they weren't all in the same place. That's just not great. What was happening? Well, it was that bears. So, what can we do for bears today? Bears. Well, a couple of places I'm going to recommend that you check out. One is the International Association for Bear Research and Management. Woo! They also go by IBA. Woo! 
They're a nonprofit tax exempt organization that focus on, focuses on the collaborative efforts of biologists and researchers who are all dedicated to the conservation of all bear species. Polly, Polly liked that. Yes, Polly. They're, <laughs> they're working to confront the challenges that accompany bear research, conservation, and management. And they're attacking this at all levels of infrastructure, which is really great that they're addressing it like throughout the entire system. They also have something called the Bear Conservation Fund. This accepts donations, and it's dedicated to reducing human-bear conflict and conservation and research projects. The, on their website it does have the annual report for each year of these uh of this fund so you can look at those yourself if you'd like to i'm also going to recommend a site called get bear smart bear smart get bear smart they provide resources and information that are intended to reduce human bear conflict and they're big advocates for uh, educating people about different bear species bear species bear species <laughs> bear species <laughs> how to interact with different bear species and how to be prepared for bear encounters. They're all about uh, providing information basically. And I just want to end this by saying bears are not monsters. Bears are people too. Bears are people too. I do. I don't blame the bear Kenai. This <laughs> bear, <laughs> this bear is doing what any desperate, hungry, wounded animal would do, which is for one, lashing out and two trying to survive with what it had it's winter there's not a lot to hunt there's not a lot to forage unfortunately people are nearby which is sad that that had to happen but and we've we were we did say oh maybe the bear was possessed <laughs> we're goofing and gaffing the bear was acting weird but has a goofy pants yeah. but i I think that this was just a lot of unfortunate circumstances that Poor all bear. kind of combined. It is sad, really sad. Sad bear. And you know, what would you do as a bear? All right. You would be in this position too. Facts. If you were in this bear's position, he had a lot of precipitating factors. Straight okay? facts. Oh, oh God. I like he scared that. me so bad. Precipitating factors. And finally, I want to leave you with a quote that I read from one of the sources. This was the, uh, the afterword of, um, I had to find this in someone's, like I said, someone's archive on Tumblr. <laughs> they had posted um, passages of this uh, book that has a lot of really great information about these events. Um, but this was part of the afterword. It was by Kimura Morotake. And they say, quote, we must not forget that bears are much closer than we think. And we ought to find a way to coexist with them. End quote. Aww. That is it for the... Sankabetsu brown bear incident. Yeah! Tamame brown bear incident. Rokusensawa brown bear attacks. Whatever you want to call it. Bears. Bears. Love bears. Bears to bears. Bears bears. 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 I heart bears. Bears, bears, bears. We bear, 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 we bear, bear. bears. <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in. I'll see you next week. Bears! Bears. In, in bears we trust and in Gaia we trust. You're not going to say bye? Oh, see ya. <laughs> <I'm> tired. <laughs> <laughs>